and we are live with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Bavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson. And Andrew, we have now determined one of the teams that will be playing in this year's NBA Finals in the Western Conference. In the East, there is a series still going on that could be clinched tonight as of this recording. We'll have to see what happens, but the NBA season is almost coming down to a close. June 1st is when the NBA Finals kick off, and we are getting very close to determining an NBA champion. Yeah, almost that time of the year. Finals start on June first, and I can't be—I um, couldn't be more excited. Um, as many people may know, I am a Knicks fan. However, the Knicks are no longer in there, but my Western Conference pick still in there: Denver Nuggets, the mm-hmm. team I wanted to win. Uh, not the team I thought was going to win, but the team I wanted to win the, uh, com- the Western Conference. So I'm excited about that. Correct. And um, like I said before, this Heat Boston series—I really didn't care about. I hated both teams, or I hate both teams, but. It's got me watching now. I said I wasn't going to watch that many games, and um, now it's getting interesting, and we'll go into the uh, that series a little bit, but I think you want to talk about the Nuggets first. Yeah, like you said, that, that series is getting a little bit interest, interesting, especially after what happened in Game 4. Game 5 could be you know, very, very crucial determining what could happen the next two games of that series. We'll get into that a little bit, but let's talk about the Denver Nuggets taking on the Los Angeles Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. The Nuggets sweeping the Lakers to advance to their first ever NBA Finals. Congratulations to the Denver Nuggets in doing that feat. Now four wins away from their first ever NBA championship. They did it off the backs of guys like Jamal Murray, who was really big in this series. Nikola Jokic, as always, has been a huge part of this team. Even guys like Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon. Just they have a really good unit overall in Denver. It's showing, especially in this postseason. Now four wins away from an NBA championship, they just look dominant in the series against the Lakers. Yeah, this wasn't uh, this wasn't really a series, and uh, man, Denver had some really really great comebacks. Jokic was fantastic. The only game where Jokic was like he wasn't Jokic was that game where Jamal Murray just absolutely went off and Jokic just kind of you know stood back and let him do his thing. But well, We man, saw in what, game one, they had a big lead and then the Lakers started to make a great comeback and Denver had to pull away late thanks to guys like Murray shooting really well for that Denver Nuggets team. And Murray in this series, he was just unbelievable for Denver. And you, could, you just see it from that. It's kind of reminiscent to what he did in the bubble a couple years ago. He's been a great part of this team. Is a big reason why they're in the NBA Finals right now. And you have to commend what he's done in this postseason for them. Remember, I said it last year. I know we didn't have the podcast last year, but I said it last year that the Denver Nuggets, when Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. were both going to be healthy, that this was a Finals contender team. Yeah. And I'm convinced if they were healthy last year, they would they probably would have been the Finals last year too. It's just a, an unbelievable team. Uh, well-constructed. You pretty much have your big man running the point. Um, yeah, you have Jamal Murray, which is a great player. But when you can have a guy, your center, just meander up the court and doesn't look fancy at all. He doesn't have to jump. He doesn't have to break anyone's ankles. He's not doing any fancy moves. And just the passes he makes, the IQ he has, he has eyes yeah. in the back of his head. You would think it's prime Steve Nash fair point guard. Right. You have to commend Denver also. They're running basically a seven-man rotation in this entire postseason, and it's working relatively easy for them. It just really is looking good. 
You've had guys off the bench that are contributing as well. Guys like um, who's the guy from the Bruce Brown from the you know the former New Jersey uh, Brooklyn I should say almost a New Jersey net. Uh, Jeff Green is still playing some good basketball for them. Catavius Caldwell Pope, who they got to start at shooting guard for them this year, he's been solid for them as well. They're getting good contributions overall like from this team. Detroit. Right, he kind of looks like he was back in the Lakers and the and that bubble team a couple of years ago as well. Yeah, he's but doing, the bubble wasn't real, so eh, I'm not gonna get into that. But you said it. Denver overall is constructed very, very nicely, and when healthy, they are a very formidable unit in the NBA. It's showing in this postseason now, four wins away from an NBA championship. But looking to the other side of this, you know, you talk about the Los Angeles Lakers, obviously. Finishing the year as a seventh seed, they did this despite the fact that they were the 13th seed. Remember, for a good portion of this season, they made those trades to get them back into the postseason race. They finished as a seventh seed. Got guys like D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt, Roy Hachimura. Guys like that really helped them get to that point in the season. Austin Reeves really stepped up for them as well this season. Overall, where do the Lakers go from here after this sweep to Denver? It depends on LeBron. That's what it depends on. Uh, yeah. If LeBron is going to, if he's going to retire, which that's the rumor right now, but I don't think he is. I don't think so either. If he's going to retire, then I think they should trade off the uh, the one or two older pieces. I think they should trade Anthony Davis. If LeBron is going to retire, they should trade Anthony Davis. They should trade him down for draft picks and a couple other star, young stars to build around the team. They have to keep Riri Hachimura. They have to keep, uh, they have to keep Austin, Austin Reeves. Yep. I think D'Angelo Russell is going to sound a rock. I think he's expendable. I think he played his way out of a contract the way he played in this series. Yeah, I think he's expendable. Um, he played and, really bad. And he was good towards the end of the season. But I know. He, uh, I, he, I think he made his bet here. Yep. But there's a couple guys, young guys in the Lakers you keep, and that's what he can do. But if LeBron doesn't retire... And he comes back midway through the season, then yeah, you do, you run it back, you one hundred percent run it back. It, it depends on LeBron's health if he's going to miss a good portion of the season, if he's going to miss the entire season because right. uh, he played the entire postseason with a torn tendon in his foot. Yep, I, I remember talking to you or texting you, and I it said looked like he lost a step. I said it looked like he lost a step, and we didn't know at the time but he was playing with a torn tendon, like and especially how he played in Game Four. I remember the first half he had thirty one points. He played an unbelievable first half in that game to get the Lakers a double-digit lead going into halftime. So, Unfortunately, they lost the game. So this is my knowledge, though, with uh, with injuries like this. Once it's actually torn, you're not doing any more damage to your foot. Right. I'm not a doctor, but this is this is what I know. So any doctors out there listening, I know we have one that listens to the pod. Yeah. Uh, text me and correct me if I'm wrong. We've already done the damage to the foot. So at this point, it's more about pain management. So if he's on some sort of painkiller and when he goes to, you know, step, you know, step down and, you know, use his foot, walk and run on it. If he doesn't feel that, yes, structurally, it's not the same. Obviously, it's going to look like he lost a step, but the, pain, the damage, it's not like he's furthering that injury. Does that make sense? No, I understand what you're saying. So I that's what he was able to play on this entire time. I, I agree with the fact that I don't think this is his last year. I just don't see it being that way. I still think, you know, he's got a couple years left in the tank before he officially calls it quits. He's always talked about wanting to play, especially with his son in the league. So that also could be playing a factor into determining what he wants to do with his NBA career. Um, 
as we know, we'll get into a little bit later on, one of his draft classmates from the 2003 draft just retired. So that's also could be playing a factor into it as well, because I think he's now the last player from that draft class still playing in the NBA. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of things he has to determine. And if one of those is maybe leaving the Lakers, that could play a factor as well. I don't see it happening. I think the only way he leaves the Lakers would be if Bronny gets drafted to a certain team, he wants to play with him for that one year or two. That would probably be it. But I think LeBron, the way he's still played, despite the fact that he had that injury, you could just see, yes, he might have, looks like he maybe lost a step, but he still has a lot left in the tank to still compete at a high level. Yeah, uh, but I don't know how much is going to be left after this foot injury. A foot injury, he'll be 39 by the time he comes back. He'll lose all that basketball conditioning. I know LeBron is legendary with his uh, with his workout regimens and staying yeah. in shape, but he's going to come back midseason after missing significant time for an injury when he's 39. I, I don't know how much you have left in the tank. It happened with Kobe Bryant after he tore his Achilles. I have obviously two very different injuries, look at, but look at the Lakers were though when that injury happened. They were they were not the same team. No. No, that's and why. So this is why you have to be a little careful. I think it's very concerning as well because LeBron, if he is to have surgery, which I would imagine he has to at this rate, he's gonna miss a portion of the season. Hundred percent. How are the Lakers gonna fare without him? Because you saw most of the season when he was hurt this year. They didn't the look really, without him. They didn't look great without him, and that that's a te- that's another testament to LeBron and how good he is. So, the Lakers have a big offseason where they got to keep guys like Hachi Moore and Reeves who are big for them this postseason, and they have to figure out they could maybe still be in play for Kyrie Irving. We don't know what the issue with that is yet. That's still to be determined. It has to be a big offseason to the point where you need to try to keep this team competitive until LeBron gets back if he were to play another season. So we'll have to see where they go from there. But speaking of LeBron, let's talk about one of his former teams, the Miami Heat Johnson. They're up three games to one in the Eastern Conference Finals as of this recording on the two-seed Boston Celtics. And it's astonishing considering the fact that they are an eight-seed and they are now one win away from the NBA Finals. Had a chance to sweep in game four, just did not really look good in that game. Kind of fell flat overall from the shooting performances. But most of this series, it's just been Miami shooting the ball really, really good as they've done all postseason, especially guys like Jimmy Butler. We've seen Gabe Vincent shoot really well in this series for the Miami Heat. I look at that game one performance where the Heat were down double digits going into halftime. They put up 46 points in the third quarter, and they sucked the life out of the building in TD Garden in Boston. And the fact that they were able to take the first two in Boston, then they blew them out in Game 3. It looked like the Celtics were done up until that point. They got a big win in Miami in Game 4. They're going to play tonight in Game Number 5 at TD. This is kind of interesting because if the Celtics were to win tonight, I don't know. There's a really good chance Boston could make some NBA history if they're able to pull off a win tonight. Well, it would have to be the absolute perfect storm, and it's shaping up for that. Like, uh, it is shape, shaping up for that right now. Gabe Vincent out for this game, starting point guard. And yes. listen, Kyle Lowry's either going to have a phenomenal game. He's either going to have like twenty points, ten assists, no turnovers, shooting sixty percent from the field, or he's going to have like five, two, and one on like four turnovers. 
He's right. not gonna he's not gonna be mediocre. He's either gonna have a masterclass game or he's gonna be terrible. So that's the he's the true X factor right now. If he can just turn back the clock a couple of years, I, I think Miami could steal another one, but this is getting interesting because I, I'm not much for conspiracy theories, but if Adam Silver want if I was Adam Silver, no, I wanted go. if I wanted the ball. I know where you're going with it. No, listen, listen. I know where you're going with it. Go ahead. Because he's not reffing tonight. I know. I know Scott Foster's going to be available there, for game six. Yeah, I, I 100% game six. know. Game six, if the Boston Celtics take him down tonight, three hours from now, if the Boston Celtics are the winners of his game, Scott Foster's, he's getting the phone call. He said, Scott, you're going down to Miami. We need a game seven. I don't know. My The moral story this is for Miami, they, we know what they are. If they shoot the ball really, really well, they're going to win, and they win in good fashion. You saw in game four, they shot really poorly, from, especially from the three-point line, 25% from three. That's just not what they've been doing in this postseason run. So if they're able to get back to form tonight, then they'll move on to the NBA Finals. And keep in mind, Johnson, they would be the first eight seed since the 1999 New York Knicks to advance the NBA Finals as an eight seed. So they're looking to make some history. The Boston Celtics are looking to become the first NBA team in NBA history to come back from a 3 nothing deficit to move on to the next round of the playoffs. Obviously, it has not happened, but unfortunately for me, as a Yankee fan, it has happened for a Boston team before. So if there's any, you know, city, I hate that I'm saying this, but if there's any city that is capable of doing it, it could be Boston. Would you like to uh, Would you like to repeat the quote with what happened? Uh, no, I've no? already I already I already brought up the. Pain I was going to bring this up. I was going to bring already, this up. It was about twenty years ago now. I already but. brought up the pain and suffering. It, the fact that you got that I brought it up is already enough for me to do. So you no, know, trust me. If yeah. you didn't bring it up, I was. So. I know you were. Uh, I, I I don't know. I I a part of me is saying to myself, you know. And would make as a Knicks fan, it would be funny if the Celtics came back and won this series, considering the Miami Heat knocked out the Knicks. But at the same time, you're like you're thinking to yourself, well, the Miami Heat, you know, they're playing some good basketball. So if they were to get to the NBA Finals and the Knicks gave them a good amount of you know trouble in that series, it doesn't make you look as bad. But we'll have to see how Game Five goes around. It should be an interesting one because, like we said. If Boston wins tonight, this series gets a lot more interesting than it has. So it's going to be uh, up to Boston's defense to just maintain and control the Miami you uh, know, Heat shooting. As of right now, the real conference finals happened between the Knicks and the uh, and the Heat. As of right now. As yeah. of right now. But maybe in five days, I'm going to eat my words. So Boston. Because you got to think about it. First two games of the series, Boston looked like they were on their way to winning both of those games. And the Miami Heat. It's as if a light, you know, a switch turned on for them, and they were able to come back in the second half and win those games. So, if the Celtics lose, what, where do they go? That's that was the next question I was going to ask you. I don't know. I don't know where you go from here because you got to think about it now. With Jalen Brown being an old NBA player, now he's eligible for a max contract. So, it's going to be interesting to see what the Celtics would do. You know, already having to, you know. With Jason Tatum on your team as well, you have Jalen Brown. You're trying to keep some of these other players as well, and you're, I don't know what they do. But this is another team like we talked about the Sixers, where 
They've had so much expectations. They got to the NBA Finals last year, fell short to the Golden State Warriors. But this is another team that just hasn't lived up to those expectations yet. And then if they can't win a championship, I don't I don't know what they do. It's really, it's really, you know, tough to say. Is it maybe a head coaching change? I don't know. It's a, it's a head coaching change. You've had it, an interim all year. So this is how I look at no no no. This is how I look at it. Okay. These guys have gone from uh they have, they have Joe Mazzulla this year. Yep. Last year they had Emil Doku. Yep. Then the year before that they had Brad Stevens. Right. Can you really blame the players when they've had three head coaches in three years? No, and obviously the, you know the the last coach was due to you know some off the court issues with Udoka. So off the court issues is Davey, uh, Savey, at least. All I'm going to say yeah, is that he has to be yeah. a clause in his contract that he can't go anywhere near uh, the Houston Rockets front office or the rest of staff, staff his wives. He needs to be banned from, like, cocktail parties. Oh, God. Are we saying he's like Derek Fisher? Uh, or was that the other uh, way around? That was, was that Derek Fisher and Matt Barnes, or was it Matt Barnes? Yeah, no, Derek, Derek Fisher. Fisher it was, Derek Fisher was... Uh, was going was yes, dating Matt that, Barnes' wife, wife or whatever. Yes, okay, yeah. yes, no, okay. yeah, it was Matt. It was Derek Fisher. Uh yeah, that's that's all I'm gonna say about that. Um, well, it depends. You know, if Boston wins tonight, then they won't have this conversation because they'll be you know two wins away from pulling up some NBA I'm history. With you, Nick, even if they win, I think you still have this conversation. Well, now if you now if you win an NBA championship, uh, you know what then. You... It would, yeah, it would be, I, I guess. Listen, if they were able to overcome a 3 nothing deficit, then move on to the NBA Finals and knock off, knock off the, the Denver Nuggets. Then sure. Then, yeah, there's no conversation. I, unless, they, unless they win a championship, I think you have this conversation. I, I, you, absolutely, at least have, you at least have the conversation. I'm not saying you do it, but you have to have the conversation. Right, right. If they get eliminated, absolutely. You have to have the conversation. It doesn't matter what it is. Boston has to win the championship, but to do that, they're going to have to make some history along the way. For those Denver Nuggets, though, yes, obviously Miami is a three to one. Are the Miami Heat the bigger threat to Denver, or with the Celtics coming back from a three-one deficit or three not the deficit? Oh, it's say, the Celtics. Be the, bigger threat? It's the Celtics are a way bigger threat. Okay. Uh, you have an actual. Not saying Bam Adebayo is bad on defense, but who, the Miami Heat front court is going to stop Jokic. Let's be real here for a second. I, you think they even have it? I, I would trust Robert Williams more than anyone in the Miami Heat's front court. Yeah, I I, I just don't I just don't trust Defensively wise, yeah. Defensively, yeah, sure. Offensively wise, yeah. Bam Adebayo is great, but like defensively against Jokic, he just made Anthony Davis, who was an all-world defender, look like a baby. Uh, it, it's just like if you Jokic has taken the best defensive centers and just have they, he's toyed with them. So now you're gonna put a guy. It's gonna be Bam Adebayo, who's six foot nine. Yep. And I don't even know who's starting at power forward. Is it Caleb Martin? Has anybody Kevin Love? Oh, great! Yeah, you're gonna have to trust Kevin Love <laughs> on defense. I mean, you got no other. I mean, Kevin Love has been a good addition for them this year. Yeah, sure, he's great. He's shooting, but like, she shoots well. He passes the ball, but like, paper tiger on defense. He doesn't give you anything in defense, and you're gonna have he's gonna guard Jokic. Jokic will have 30 points about the half if it's Kevin Love on the entire time. 
unless you want to bring Jimmy Butler over, oh. trap Jokic, make him make and make and force the Denver Nuggets other players to make All shots. All I'm saying is the Jokic triple double uh, as a prop bet for every game would be the be- the best way to go about that. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think Jimmy Butler will, will get his against Jamal Murray in that case, but uh, you're not stopping Jokic. That's just it's just something you're gonna have to accept if you're Miami. Uh, well, if you're Boston, uh, Al Horford is a better defender, I think, than uh, than Kevin Love. So you run him at the four, and you run someone like Robert Williams at the five, who is a great defensive center. It looks like he he lost a step from the injury, but he's still a great defensive center. Right. So I think I, those two would. Be, just so you could neutralize Jokic, and then I, you have guys like yeah. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, who can bring up the ball, you know, play defense. You have Marcus Smart, guard uh, Jamal Murray. So I, I think the Boston Celtics are a better team built to beat the Nuggets. I think the moral of this, either way, no matter who wins the series, if it's Miami as the eight seed going on, or if it's the Celtics coming back from a three deficit, history is going to be made either way for one of these two teams, and then they're four wins away from a championship against Denver if they're able to pull it off. So no matter what yeah, this is historic no matter what. It's exactly. It's gonna be historic no matter what happens in tonight's game and for the rest of this series, if the series does continue after tonight. So we'll have to see. But there are other NBA news that we have to talk into also, Johnson. Just, you know, other than the NBA playoffs going on. Last week we had the NBA draft lottery go down and the San Antonio Spurs are the winners of the draft lottery and the rights to get Victor Wembanyama, they get the number one overall pick in this year's NBA draft, and it looks like they have now found their new face of the franchise. Yeah, he joins the other two great Spurs big men, David Robinson and Tim Duncan, both be taking number one overall. So the assumption is he'll be the third uh, uh, Spurs big man to be uh, taking number one overall. So he'll join those uh, those two, and that's. A heavy, heavy, heavy legacy to live up to. Yeah, live. And they're, they're setting him up for failure already. It, it's it's sad to say, but they're saying, oh, if he's KD, if so, they're saying right now, if he has the same career as Kevin Durant, he's a failure. That's what the NBA media is telling right well, now. Well, a lot of people are saying he's one of the best NBA draft prospects since LeBron James. So I, I would say he's already prospect had a, wise. So here's the thing, and already had a lot and, of expectations. Um, here's the thing, and you know this, but I was huge on Luca. Yep. So I I think hype wise, Luca should have had this hype. That's fair. Yeah. But but he didn't have this hype. Uh. So prospect wise, if you combine it with the um, with the physical and like uh, the, the talents and the gifts he has, combine that with the hype, I would say in the last twenty years, it's LeBron, it's uh, Dwight Howard, it's Zion Williamson. And now it's Victor Wembanyama. When it comes to the the talent and the hype combined together, it's that those are the guys you look at. Like, yes, these are the really hype prospects coming out of high school or coming out of college or overseas. Now, these are the guys you want to look at. We haven't had we had Zion recently, right? Yeah, you had all this hype. I, I, I'd want to say the Wembanyama hype is probably it's huge. I think it's bigger than Zion because. It's absolutely because NBA TV is broadcasting this kid's game in Europe. How many Anytime NBA you fans have watched a European basketball game before? It's a Euroleague game. I have before, but how many NBA fans have? Anytime you can have a guy that's seven two and can dribble like a seven point five. Guard. He's seven five. Oh, then I'm, I'm I think he's seven there. five in shoes. He is seven five in shoes. Oh, like, okay. But he's seven three overall, like barefoot. Okay. 
Yeah, I mean, anytime you have a guy over seven foot tall and can play kind of basically like a point guard in a sense, I mean, it's re- it, it's really astonishing to see stuff like that. So that's why he has to hype like that. And for the Spurs, listen, I saw it happening because you have to look at the rest of the NBA. You talked about it earlier. You don't really, you know, kind of think the NBA is kind of somewhat sort of rigged. I kind of saw it happening to begin with. It wasn't really surprised the Spurs won this. It's kind of, you know, set in stone even before going into the season. Um, But being that as it may, was there anything other than that that surprised you from that draft lottery? Because there were a couple surprises overall that we watched in that draft lottery last week. Yeah, Pistons fans, I would apologize, but it happens to the Knicks every year. But, um... If you ha- I had to suffer yeah, and bad. watch uh, watch many, many multiple bad players start at point guard. I had to watch Emmanuel Moutier. I had to watch, um, even though Painsby Savis, Frank Patank, who tanked the team. Uh, we had uh, a, Alexi said We've had a litany of bad players. So many bad players. And just like, oh, I had to watch one season of Killian Hayes, brother. I had to watch twenty years of a they rotating door at point guard. Too. I don't, I, they didn't could, watch him this year, but like, cl- oh, we had we had to use Killian Hayes at point guard for a year. I, I, I don't care. Like, listen, like, you could you could classify kill like K Cunningham as a shooting guard at point guard. He's still a really talented player. He didn't play though. That's why. No, I understand that. I'm saying it's not. They're acting as if like he's not going to be back next year. He'll be back next year. Oh yeah, no, he's gonna be great. He'll well, I mush him by saying that. Maybe who knows? But he'll, he'll be, be great. He'll average year. like twenty two and eight next year. And they got I like Isaiah Stewart. They have a lot of great guys on that team, and they have a bright future. So right. if I'm not getting the number one pick. I know it would have been sick to have a, the Kate Cunningham Victor Wembanyama connection. Um, sucks to suck, I guess. Are they in the market for head coach right now, or did they? They are. They are. Dwayne Casey, I think, stepped away. Yeah, I think that was long overdue. I saw a report they were trying to get Monty Williams. They gave him a lot of money, and he said no. It's so. tough. Bring back Stan Van Gundy. Um, the two things I po- wanted to point out from this is the two potential trades that could happen in this trip between Portland and Dallas. You know, both those teams are looking to trade their pick potentially and try to, you know get some more talent for their star players, for Portland, for Damian Lillard, for Dallas, obviously Luka Doncic. So that's something to keep a monitor on as the we get a little bit closer to the NBA draft than the upcoming weeks. Portland obviously has a third overall pick in this draft. Dallas has number 10. I'm very curious to see what those two teams could do and what package they could potentially get for those picks in order to try to keep their superstars, you know, happy and try and want to say, listen, we're still trying to win here. We're not trying to tank every season. We're trying to win a championship. So here's this guy to, you know, help you be happy and try to get closer to that championship. So I'm not to say. Here's the thing. Uh, to the Dallas fans that may be listening, what do you think you're going to get with the 10th pick in the draft? I don't know what you do. You can't really I, I don't know it. what you get. You do you get you get a role player. That's what you get. You don't get a guy about say. I think you could get. I you wouldn't say you, a superstar. I'd say. I guess. So do you think he's worth someone like Jeremy Grant? I would say Jeremy Grant's worth the tenth pick. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's that's who I'm talking about. Like that's your the guy who's maybe an all star, maybe like on if a couple guys get injured in front of him, he has a good season. I, I think it all depends on 
who's available. That's obviously one. Oh, 100%. But that's um, what I'm saying. Like, you need to keep Kyrie, as dumb as that sounds, because you're in the, you, that's it now. You, you got to commit I, to him. You gave up I all the know. capital. Yeah, I agree with you, but I don't know if he's going to want to say that. That's the you, problem. You got you to gotta, you gotta get rid of Rob. You know what they should really trade for? A, with the 10th pick, a defensive-minded center. Yeah, they need that's that what they for need. a while. If they get a defensive-minded minded center and they could just lock down the paint on defense, you could let Kyrie and Luka just, you know, be lackadaisical a little bit on, on the uh, on the outside, get a 3 and D wing, and get a, a hard-nosed power forward that can play defense, the Mavs will be fine. So I don't know who you t- you target at the, with the 10th pick. It's got to but get defense overall. That was the biggest reason There's great reason defensive why. centers out there. Right. And that was the reason why they didn't make the playoffs. A huge reason why. They just couldn't play defense whatsoever. And then you look at Portland. They could get someone really big for that third overall pick. I don't know who would be. That's going to be someone big. Um, people have said they fold the idea of Julius Randle, but I'm not. I don't want to do that. I don't, I don't, I don't see think that. Portland does I, either. I don't see the Knicks doing that, though. I, I don't think it would make sense. I don't know who they can get for the third pick because it's going to be Brandon Miller, and he has off the court issues as it is. So, right. Um, I, I don't know what what that value is. It depends on how you value Brandon Miller. If he has a really good combine, if you think really- you can control his off the court issues, then I mean, listen, we know he's a good player. Oh, a hundred percent. I think he's one of the best talents in the draft. I think he's better than Scoot Henderson. That's fair. Yeah. He's he's phenomenal in college, and he's 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 young too. So it's hard. I think the one of the perfect prospects is when you get in in the college and you're like a true freshman at 18 years old, right? And you don't stink, right? Yeah. You're not like Cam Reddish and you're shooting 38 percent a game. No, Brandon Miller had efficient scoring nights where he didn't turn the ball over and he made big shots and he was able to um, either slice into the paint and get a layup or catch and shoot. He's very versatile. He could pass. He could rebound, defend, and he's efficient. That's the most important thing because you have all these top prospects that absolutely suck with their efficiency. Right. And I don't understand how these guys keep on getting ta- taken. Like, uh, like Cam Reddish, I said for example, the guy sucked in college and he, he just stunk it up, and he he was still a lottery pick. I think he was. Top you have guys six. like this every. Yeah. Then you had guys like uh, you had so many guys that just were bad. Look at look at Markel Fultz when he got taken number one. He didn't play most of that. I don't think he played that entire year. No, he did. He did. He had a very efficient year. It is, I thought he got, he got injured. injured at some point. Yeah, he, yeah, he did get injured, but he had a very very efficient year. But that's kind of a uh, a, a weird one. Um, that's what I'm saying. Like I feel like an injury like that, like when you get hurt, you say to yourself, "All right, you know what? We're not going to chance if I take him number Elton one." It's Elton drafting, bro. Like, what are you? That's expecting? also true. Like no, Markel Fultz in college was great, man. He played. I'm not saying he wasn't. Well, but forty-eight percent from the field, forty percent from downtown. Yeah, I'm not saying twenty-three points, six rebounds, six uh, six assists. He right. he was great, man. Like that's he was efficient, but he had that injury. The, that, that's what I'm saying. The, I think the injury is why I was confused by why he went number one. And a guy but I wanted was Mikael Bridges that one year, if you remember that. Right. Because he's like, man, this guy is efficient. He can defend. And that was it. And then we took Kevin Knox, Knox who, short, who shot 44% as like a yeah. third option on a Kentucky team. I'm like, what are we doing? And we tried so hard to like kind of hype it up, but we just, we just knew it wasn't going to work. Yeah, I mean, it is what yeah. it is. I... Yeah, yeah, you said it is what it is. Um, the other big NBA news, and I kind of alluded to it earlier with talking about LeBron James. Uh, big retirement in the NBA, and this one hits close to me. You know that, Johnson. 
Carmelo Anthony officially retiring from the NBA this past week. Melo had a lot of great, you know, moments overall in his career, especially with RT, the New York Knicks. I know you have very indifferent, you know, what's the best word, you know? I'm indifferent. Yeah, I think indifferent is the best word to use it. You, you know, takes about Melo in his career with the New York Knicks. I myself, I'm a Syracuse fan as well. Melo has just been huge overall for the teams that I root for. One of my favorite memories from Melo was that game on Easter. I believe it was in 2012 against the Chicago Bulls. Had two big game, you know, a game-tying shot in the fourth quarter, game-winning shot in overtime on Easter. That was one of my best memories from him. Also, that game against the Miami Heat in the playoffs with the Knicks season's on the line. He just carried the Knicks to a win. Melo has been a big part, you know, one of my favorite players growing up. So, sad to see him go. Kind of saw it happening after his stint with the Los Angeles Lakers. Didn't really do anything much after that. Um, but overall, he leaves a lasting legacy on the NBA. Obviously, would have liked to have seen him win an NBA championship. He'll, have, he'll go down, unfortunately, as one of those guys that just could not get it done. But certainly one of the better you know performers and shooters we've seen the past decade. Yeah, so um, I have a comp in mind for Lamelo. Uh, Lamelo. Real mellow, uh, Carmelo Anthony. I have a comp in mind for him already of what player I kind of see him as. By the um, way, that want... irks me when people say mellow is the real mellow. It irks no, me. No, 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 no. Yeah. I, he's the real mellow if you're under the age of nine. Yeah, but go, go, go on with your point. So I have a comp of a player which I think is he had almost an identical career, and I want to see if you have the same one. Okay. So if you have a comp in mind of what you think his career was like, or another player. Like another like player that, that just ne- never won the championship? Yeah, like a career he had. Like, you know, okay, for reference, okay, just to have it in front. Oh, you're saying Mello like all was, sports? No, just basketball. Oh, just basketball, okay. basketball. So okay. Melo was a 10-time All-Star. Yep. He made the All-NBA two times, a second team two times, the All-NBA favorite team four times. He has a scoring title for once, for one. I think he has uh, most uh, gold medals. Been, he does, he does. He has player. three gold medals. medals. Yep. Um... And he has career averages of 22.5 points a game, six rebounds, uh, 2.5 assists, and he only made one conference finals. Right. Uh, do you have any uh, any comparisons? Oh, man. I, a part of me want – I don't think – I think the comp I was going to say is probably not right. I, I got a good one. Oh, I got I, a really good one. So the comp I look at, he had almost the same career as Alex English. Alex English. Did he also Alex play for English. Denver? He did. He yeah. did. He brought Denver to the conference finals for the first yeah. time in 1985. For those uh, under the age of 50 listening, Alex English was a player in the 80s, um, eight-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA second team, won the scoring title once, number two is retired in Denver, and his number 22 is retired at his alma mater, uh, South Carolina. Yep. Career average of 21.5 points, 5.5 rebounds, and 3.5 assists. And made the conference finals once and lost 4-1. I'm pretty sure they were named the basketball gym after Mello, too, at Syracuse. I'm not mistaken. Not, I'm not, not sure the, about that. Not, the, like, not like the court they play on for the games. But like the, the, um, the, like the facility that they train in and stuff like that. I think they yeah, were yeah. named the Mello. So I think Mello is pretty much Alex English with a little bit more notoriety. That That's what I think he is. Um, not saying it's a bad career or like Alex English was a, was a great player. But he won a, He was known for his scoring, and he carried some bad teams. Um, 
and he made one conference finals. That was really it. You I mean he really started before a three pointer, so that wasn't really part of his game. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of what my comp is. And I'm not saying that's a bad career, I don't, but I think he was the Alex English of our generation. I don't hate the comp at all. I mean, but listen, Melo. Yeah, listen, certain, he's a Hall of Famer. There's nothing wrong yeah, with that. Yeah, there, there were certainly some points in time where Melo could have easily gone to the NBA Finals. Um, it just didn't work out. I think that one year that he went to the conference finals, correct me if I'm wrong, was 2009 against the Lakers. And that team went on to win the championship. So not a bad team to lose yes. to. And Alex English also lost to the Lakers and won the championship that year. If Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, you might be right, but the comp that I did, that might fit perfectly for Melo. Yeah, um, so nothing wrong with it. But There's nothing wrong with it. He was the guy who you know was a good player for the better part of a decade. He could never be the number one on a championship caliber team. Um, and he was a good scorer. Alex English has, I don't know where he's on the all-time scoring list, but I think he's top 15. So yeah. he definitely could, uh, he, he could score just like Melo. And he's, and he played in an era that was a little bit slower too. Right. Yeah. Hey, listen, you know, you know me, I, I Melo is going to go down as one of my favorite players and not my favorite player of all time when it comes to basketball. Um, it sucks to see him retire, but. Like I said, you saw it coming. It was it was bound to happen at any point. I don't think he's he hasn't played what in two years now on a team. I think the Lakers uh, were that last team he played on. I think he played last year, and that I think it was twenty one, twenty two, or yeah, he played last year. Okay, yeah, I just I feel like once he left the Knicks, you knew it was kind of going downhill after. Well, I think the he problem went, was was his ego, and that was always his uh, downfall. Yeah, because he came to Oklahoma City, he's like oh, I'm gonna play the exact same way, and said. They did that for a season. Like, all right, you're not doing that. Then they tried to do the same shit in Houston with Dan Tony. Dan Tony got revenge on him. I'm not going to deny that. And then it finally took him that whole year off. We pretty much only played, I think, five or six games that entire year for Houston. Uh, he had to kind of reinvent himself. So he said, yes, I will play for Portland. You know, I will pass the ball. I, he worked on his jump shot. He was shooting, like, close to 40%. And yeah. then when they asked him to come off the bench, said, you know what, I'm okay with it. And he was good. He, was, he had finally found – if he had found that role – in Oklahoma City, I think he'd still be playing right now. I don't. I don't technically. I don't really disagree with it as much. I mean, you look at Melo's stats. I mean, that year, twenty twelve to twenty thirteen, that Knicks team, one of my favorite teams growing up and watching. That was a team I thought could did make some noise. I know, obviously, the Miami Heat were still going strong with the big three that year, but the Knicks. They looked really good that season. I really thought they could make a run and get to the conference finals. A damn Paul George team and Hebert. yeah, it just oh, so much pain and suffering. But being that as it may, congrats to Carmelo Anthony had a great NBA career. Very curious to see what he does in his next stage of life. Obviously, he'll be rooting on his son, who is going to be a very highly touted prospect. That was a class act, by the way. Keen Anthony is is he's I think he's better than LeBron's son. I will say that. Do you that. think that he put a lot of uh, pressure on his son? Definitely not in because that, he's a, in that video? He's a, because he he is ready. He's okay. on that Christ the King team, and he is so good right now. He is definitely ready. What year is he eligible to get drafted? Uh, not drafted uh, he's the, a sophomore uh, right now, so he oh, has so a junior, he still has junior couple more years. He's got two years. Okay. Okay. I would not be stunned if he went to Syracuse, to say the least. But maybe I'm wrong about that. I could see him go to like somewhere hey, relatively hey, hey. close. Fun I fact. know, I know what you're gonna say. No, no, fun fact, fun fact. Oh, yeah. St. John's was yeah. Melo's dream school. He said this. That was his yeah. dream school. But they didn't get an offer there. So, could he be a Johnny under Rick Pitino in two years? Maybe. 
That's mellow. That is that, mellow's I, dream. I score. feel like that'd be the one time you would be rooting for an Anthony. I said, I, I listen. I've always said I like Keen. You did. I, I, I don't. I don't know. His name, I don't know how to pronounce. it I don't either. pronounce it, but I don't know either. Um, but Johnson, before we wrap it up, Game Five is about to start between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics. Let's make our pick for tonight's game. Do we think this series is going to be extended to Game Six and potentially Game Seven? Or do the Miami Heat close it out tonight and move on to the NBA Finals? Uh, give me the Celtics to win tonight. That's my luck. I, you know, I feel like if I pick the Celtics, we're going to mush them and they're going to lose. I don't care. Good, it would be Celt- funny. I'm going to take the Celtics. I, th- right, I, 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 re- the Celtics. I, I, listen, the Celtics were my pick to, from the beginning, so I can't really go against it. Um, do I want to see another Boston three nothing comeback? Not really, but screw it. Hey, then you can Why say not? it just didn't happen to the Yankees, so it works out. Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess. Thanks for reminding me again about that. Anytime. All right. Well, that is going to do it for the All Cast No Break Sports Show. Game five is just about to tip off in TD Garden. We'll have to see what happens and if the Celtics can keep going and keep the season going along for them and make some NBA history. We'll have to find out. But for Andrew Johnson and I, Nicholas Bologna, that is going to do it for this week's edition of the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Have a great rest of your weekend.